Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Got kids? This is your episode. If you have kids or you've lost your plum mind and you're considering starting a family at the same time that you start a business, welcome to Build Your Tribe. Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. Growing up, I only knew entrepreneurship. Like my dad was a business owner. My mom worked from the home. I mean, she was a stay-at-home mom, sometimes helping my dad out, but I was very familiar with entrepreneurship, but only the way that my parents did it. So I'm going to share with you today how Brett and I kind of started our businesses when we had two small children, major mistakes that we made, and I hope that you'll find that there's plenty of things we did right, but I'm going to share some things that I regret that I didn't do that I would recommend any new parent or young parent or someone who has young children and you're trying to even just build a side business or extra income. Even if you're not a full-blown business owner, you're just trying to do something on the side to create and generate additional income, this episode is going to help you tremendously. I can best do that by being honest with you. And the honest truth is we didn't put a lot of planning and thought into the fact that we were going to be working from home or building this business and raising two small children. I mean, Generally speaking, Brett and I both agreed, and again, I'm just going to share what we did. It's not a judgment call on the decision that's right for your family. I think everyone's circumstances are different based on the age of your children, where you live, your beliefs about work, and a role of a mother versus a father, all of these things. Like, are you a single parent? There's so many factors that you need to consider that are right for you. So, But I'll just share what was right for us. Growing up in a family of entrepreneurs, my mom and dad always, they spoke about what was important to them, and they always made a point to say that they made sacrifices to ensure that our mom was there with us all the time. So we didn't have daycare. We didn't go to after-school programs. My mom was there all the time, and my dad was there most of the time. I mean, he also ran a business, so there were times when he got home very late, times when we wake up and he'd already left. But- There were also occasions where there was something going on at school on a Thursday in the middle of the day, and he was able to be there because he did work for himself. There were times when we were able to take a vacation when other people weren't able to because their parents had corporate jobs and they had to wait for vacation time. So that's kind of all that we knew. Now, in Brett's family, his father worked full-time in the school district, and his mother stayed home with the boys. And Brett and I were in agreement before we had children that that is something we wanted to do for our family. And it was me. I really wanted to be home with the kids. So when we first got married, I was working full-time as a paralegal, studying to take, not the bar, the, um, the LSAT again to try to get into a better law school. I wanted to be an attorney, I guess. But in the back of my mind, I also wanted to be home with my kids. So I, I didn't know how that was 
really possible. And I also wanted to be an entrepreneur. And you know how things are when you're in your 20s. You think you want to do all these things. I came to a crossroads where I decided, in fact, I wanted to be a full-time entrepreneur so that, in fact, I could be home with our children. And we made that decision before we started a family. We made a plan to build our business to the point at which it could sustain us, both our dual incomes and also maintain me being home with the kids. Now, at that time, I was doing personal training. So I was operating an in-home personal training business and I had a few other personal trainers who worked for me that I trained. I trained them how to do the training. I would get their clients for them, etc. So it was a pretty flexible situation. When I first started the in-home personal training business, I would train from like 4.30 a.m. until 8.30 at night. And eventually I would weed out some of my, um, let's see, less consistent clients, I guess you could say. And I kept narrowing it down and narrowing it down and getting to the point where I was just training three days a week, but like long hours. And then I got pregnant. And then we knew that ultimately I would want to be in a situation where I could manage other trainers. See, if what you're doing as a business owner is 100% dependent upon the hours that you work, there's an automatic cap. And we knew that cap wasn't going to sustain us financially. So I started looking for other personal trainers, training them, and then teaching them how to take on some of the clients I already had, and then finding them clients of their own. And that worked out pretty well. I also then took the clientele who are my favorite people And I just kept selectively deciding which clients I wanted to work with based on their consistency, personality, willingness, and ability to pay for my services, the the value they placed on my services. And it got to a point where eventually I was just training two days a week, fewer hours, but just two days a week. And then I was pregnant. And when I was pregnant, I just explained to these clients, okay, when I return after having the baby, These are the two days I am going to train, and it's just going to be between, I think it was like 11 and 4. And not everyone was available during those hours. And many of them, those hours weren't convenient, but they still wanted my services, so they accommodated. And if they didn't, well, then I had a gap in my schedule, and I would fill it with someone else eventually. But I've been doing this long enough at that point that when someone did have to drop off as a training client, I usually had someone else to fill that spot but not always. So it was really challenging to make sure that I was very diligent in keeping my clients accountable to my policies, which meant if they were going to cancel 10 or 15 minutes or even an hour before the session, I lost out on that time. And that was money I lost out on and time away from my child and my family. And it was at times uncomfortable, but also it motivated me to stick to my policies and to have confidence in conveying the reasoning behind my policies. Now, eventually, we had another child, that would be Sierra, and our business grew. It grew to the point that eventually we were a certification company and we had countless employees. We had trainers in almost every state in the United States. And eventually, we started our own clothing line, a fitness apparel line. The business kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and there were more responsibilities. There were far more responsibilities than there were hours in the day. Now, we had at this point an office and headquarters. Also, by this point, Brett had 
quit his full-time job to help run the business full-time. And typically speaking, and I'm doing this off of memory, I would say 80% of the time I was home during the day with the kids, but Brett was always available to take them to school. Like he did a lot of the driving. So he would take them to school or take them to grandma's house or take them to practices. Like driving time was kind of his and then home with the kids was kind of mine. We also had, as I said, a, a business or a headquarters where we had employees. So we would try to go in maybe, you know, a couple of hours every week, not much. Okay, so the first thing you have to know is, were there sacrifices? Holy cow, yes. Number one, you can't grow a business. You have to kind of make a decision. This is my opinion. So warning, warning, warning. Big disclaimer right here. This is just my opinion. And there's lots of people out there who can disagree and probably do. But I personally believe you need to make a choice on what's most important. Because you can do both. You can build a business and grow and develop and parent children who are confident and resourceful and smart and kind and polite and all of those things. I just don't know that you can do both really, really well at the same time. I think you have to make a decision on which one is more important. And a lot of people say, well, my kids are more important, but then their behaviors don't match that. Or they'll say, of course, my kids are number one. And that's why I focus so much on my business to provide for them. But bottom line, okay, I'm going to get on a soapbox for a moment. Your kids don't care what car you're driving or how big your house is or what presents you're able to buy for them. They want you and they want time with you, period, end of subject. So yeah, we might disagree on that point. For us, our number one priority was our kids. We knew that we couldn't motivate connect or lead our team the way we might want to if building our business was a bigger priority than developing our children. We knew that. It doesn't mean it was easy. I constantly struggled with that because what comes natural to me is being an entrepreneur. What was less natural and harder for me to do was to just oh, focus on this little train, focus on playing Legos right now, just focus on playing Legos. Even though in the back of my mind, I was always thinking about, oh my gosh, what's the event that's happening this weekend? It's the second I put him down for a nap. What emails do I have to return? What phone calls do I have to make? You know, oh no, now now he's a half hour late for his nap and my brain would start freaking out like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have less time now to get this insurmountable amount of work done. And there's no question that that affected my demeanor. And there's no question that children can feel that. So, you know, the business for sure didn't grow at the pace it could have. For sure, there were problems in the business from a staffing standpoint, morale standpoint, things getting, you know, that lost in the cracks because Nobody runs a business like the business owner, right? So if the business owner is never there, that's going to have an effect on your business. And I was never there, but I was at home always working. And we did, let's see, let me think. We did lean on our families, like specifically my mother-in-law lived around the block. My parents were here, as I said, six months out of the year. So we would lean on them. But whenever I did, I felt really guilty. So I didn't often have a set schedule. Now, this is once Powder Blue really took off. 
I mean, we would definitely once a week for a couple of hours here and there or ask if they could pick the kids up on rare occasion. But I felt so much mom guilt that instead what I would do is say to myself, well, you know what? I can get this done tonight after everyone goes to bed. And that's what I did. I would try as much as possible to be a mom who was present and involved during the day, although true confession, I was physically present, but often my mind was consumed with everything else I needed to do. And I'm going to tell you how you can avoid that because you might be nodding right now like, oh my gosh, sister, yes, this is me. I can hear my kids in the other room or, or maybe you have guilt as a dad or a mom. I promise I have a solution for you that I wish I wish my former self had considered back then. But I would have so much mom guilt. So then the way that I would cope with that is like, well, my kids shouldn't have to sacrifice because I decided to be a business owner and my husband shouldn't have to sacrifice and my business shouldn't have to sacrifice. So I will sacrifice. So I would often start my workday sometimes around 9.30, like get the kids down, take care of the husband and wife responsibilities, if you know what I mean, because that is important, right? What's the point of trying to create this, you know, ideal situation for my children if in the process, mom and dad become completely disconnected and end up divorced, which I'm, again, it's not a judgment call. I'm just saying like, you know, I think you would all agree that if, if you can keep your relationship healthy and happy, you should try to do that for your kids if you can do that. So part of that is bedtime relationships. So around like 1030, a lot of times is when I would start working. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, eventually I'll get caught up. Eventually our business will be at a point where I won't do this. I always told myself this lie that, you know, I'm just doing this this week. I know this is really unhealthy to be working from 10.30 until 2.30 and then waking up at five, I'm not even joking, to get a workout in. I knew that was super unhealthy, but I would lie to myself and I would say, but you know, it's just because this one project is happening or it's just because we're developing this new thing. But there was always something else. And I needed that exercise because that exercise for me was my drug, right? That was a thing that allowed me to clear my mind and to feel normal and to feel like at least I'm doing something that's healthy for myself. And I lived in a state of chronic sleep deprivation for more than 10 years, probably more like 12 to 15 years, even after the point at which I had lots of help available and I didn't have to do that, I developed the habit of staying up very late to do my work and then waking up really early to exercise because I justified it in that I had high energy. I was getting a lot done. I felt like I had found this like hack that nobody else knew about. Like, geez, why does everybody need all, waste all this time sleeping? You could just like you can get so much more done and be a great mom if you just decide to work on your business after everybody goes to bed. I really thought like, well, maybe I'm just special. Maybe I'm one of those people that doesn't need that much sleep. Now, if you've listened to the Shaleen show, you know that that eventually caught up with me in a big way. And if you haven't, I'm going to link to a couple of shows where I talk about what happened to my brain and what chronic sleep deprivation does to your longevity your brain power, your stress level, your ability to concentrate, attention deficit disorder, all of these things. I mean, it took a toll. 
It caught up with me and caught up with me in a big way. So to summarize, I would say that the way that Brett and I decided to build our businesses from home while raising two young children and and actually trying to do it at home, I would say that the two biggest negatives that came out of that is number one, my sleep, total sleep deprivation, like, wow, so bad. And number two is a little bit of regret, almost like I feel sorry for myself because they're so yummy when they're little. They're so delicious. And I was there and I got to experience that, but not fully. I experienced it with guilt. I experienced it always with a thought in the back of my mind that there was something else I was supposed to be doing. So I didn't get to experience their childhood with like a peaceful sense of calm. I sacrificed my sleep. I sacrificed growth in the business. That made me feel guilty. I would feel guilty if I was playing with my kids and at the park, and I I would feel guilty because I wasn't working on the business. And then I would also feel guilty because I was thinking about the business and not like always mentally present. So I don't know how much of that my kids picked up on. And I guess the only thing I'm saying there is I feel like I kind of missed out on just being able to enjoy it. But I don't know that any young parent actually gets to feel that like calm sense of peace when they're raising children. I don't know if they do. I'd love to know if you do. Send me a voicemail message. Let me know if you do. I feel like grandparents must feel that way. All I know is when my kids would say, mom, let's play Monopoly. I'd be like, no, why? Why? Who invented this game? Like it would mean like four hours of concentrated playtime. And meanwhile, when grandma and grandpa had the kids, they love playing four hours of Monopoly. So I look forward to being a grandparent someday off in the very, very distant future. I think a lot of positives also came out of those sacrifices that both Brett and I made to be home with the kids and build a business, right? And when I say sacrifices, honestly, the only thing we really sacrificed was business growth and sleep, of course, and opportunities. So there were lots of like cool things that started happening, offers that were coming our way when the kids were young. But we also knew that meant that we'd have to travel, meant that we would have to leave. And I mean, I remember this is back when my infomercial first came on TV in 2005, there were TV studios that wanted, I was going up and what do you call it, testing, screen testing for a daily talk show. And we kind of got to the last stages of that. And my agent said to me, he's awesome, Ben Gage. He said, you know, Shalene, if you get this, you do understand what your life looks like, right? Like you have to be there up in LA like every day and you have to do press junkets and you have to do this and you you have to go to parties and red carpet things and and you just you know you need to understand that and and that was a really important perspective from him because his mom was Esther Williams so he knew exactly what it felt like to be a kid whose mother or parent was pulled away by the demands of their business and fame actually so that was like, oh, wow. That was like a wake-up call. I was like, yeah, hello, duh, no, no. My kids are either my priority or they're not. And I certainly could have justified taking that gig or many of those opportunities. But then how would I feel about myself? Like, would I really feel good about myself if I, I just, I think a lot, sorry. I think a lot of people do a lot of things for their ego and they don't even realize that they're seeking approval. They're seeking 
validation because they, they never felt it as kids and now they're still trying to get that validation and meanwhile they're forgetting about their own kids. I digress. All right, now let's talk about some things that Brett and I wish we had done differently that you need to do differently if your kids are small right now. Number one, Lordy, Lordy, Michael Jordy, what a difference the world is when you recognize how important it is for you to invest in people. That is a lesson we learned the hard way. The moment we changed our mindset there and started outsourcing things and looking to virtual assistants and just hiring people to do things that, yes, we can figure out how to do them ourselves. But it, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you think it's saving you money and time. It's not. Just because you can figure out how to create your own website, you are not saving. I'm pounding on the table. Can you hear me? You are not saving yourself money or time. You're costing yourself money and time. Things like laundry, cleaning the house. We were flat out broke. Broke like it ain't no joke broke. And at that time, we knew in order for our business to go to the next level, we needed to do something and I needed more time. And I was so stuck because there was piles and piles of laundry. And by stuck, I mean, I would procrastinate. I wouldn't even start working sometimes at 10 o'clock at night until the laundry was all folded and put away. So while we were broke as a joke, we invested in we call it the Inez factor. It was a young lady named Inez who came into our home every day for about two or three hours and she did laundry. And while the laundry was drying, she would like the Tasmanian devil kind of clean up and tidy up the house. Holy cow, game changer, hashtag productive. Like it freed me and our business, that's the year. That is the year things changed for us, changed for us mentally, physically, and in our business. But it wasn't enough. You know, I, I really wish when the kids were young that I, I had done a lot more of outsourcing. I didn't want to outsource taking care of them. And, and that might be right for you. Like maybe you can be a more focused parent if you have childcare four or five days a week or it's very structured. That's great. But for me, I wish I had outsourced like so many things beyond just laundry. I wish I had outsourced so many of the things I held on to because I was a control freak, number one, and number two, because I mistakenly believed I was saving us time and money by doing it myself because I could Google it or watch a YouTube video and figure it out myself. No, that's a fallacy. And if you don't know where to start when it comes to hiring or outsourcing some of the you know, more mundane things that you do every day in your business. I have previous episodes here on Build Your Tribe. In fact, one of them is called the number one mistake that most business owners make. Yeah. And I specifically talked to you in that series about how you go about figuring out what to outsource, where to find people, how to know if you're finding the right person, what to pay them, all of those things. So definitely listen to that episode. If that is not a hurdle, you have sufficiently jumped over yet. So when both kids were born, they were born into a situation where their parents were entrepreneurs. That's all they ever knew. But it wasn't until they were teens that we had this total mind shift and switched over to what we now call smart success. And the cornerstone to the reason why smart success is smart and not stressed success is you learn to evaluate what your time is worth. And then you recognize that if, if your time is worth, let's just say hypothetically, when you focus on your passive income or building your business. Hypothetically, let's just say when you focus exclusively on that, 
which only you can do. Your time is valued at, say, $100 an hour, let's say. Well, when you're going to, say, return a birthday present or buy groceries, you're, in effect, paying someone $100 an hour to do that. In effect, you. So I just looked at the activities, the things that we were doing. Again, this shift happened for us when the kids were in their teens. I would just look at, okay, what makes me a better mom? Does me going to the grocery store to buy the groceries, does that make me a better mom? Or could I pay an assistant to take my list that I've created and get it done in like half the amount of time because she's not distracted like I am? And also she didn't come home with like all the stuff that's on the end caps that I don't need and they're not on my list because I don't see them. You know, that made a huge difference. And just recognizing like what makes a difference in my kids' lives and what doesn't? Me going grocery shopping didn't make a difference in their lives. Me being home with them did. It didn't make me a better mom to be the person who's vacuuming the floors and cleaning the kitchen, yet it made me a calmer mom that these things were done. And it also freed me up to spend more time with them and be present with them. And once my time was valued at a higher and higher rate, as yours will be as you do this, you see more opportunities where you can find people to help you. And that's how you can enjoy more. You can, as I say, you can have more, you can be more, you can do more without having to work more. You can live more. And hopefully that's your goal. That's your objective. So number one, it's learning to outsource. And the number two thing that I wish we had done differently is I wish we had established a set schedule, a set schedule between Brett and I and a set schedule with the family members who we use to help us with the kids. Instead, I operated from a place of guilt. And anytime I couldn't do something with the kids, even if it was like, I would say to Brett, like, okay, can you take them to this birthday party and I'll finish up this project? I felt ridiculously guilty, like so bad. And then I would be angry that he got to go to the birthday party and I was home working. And then I would take it out on him. What I wish we had established were like set hours where he was going to spend time just with the kids that would allow or free me to either go to the office or just use that time uninterrupted to get work done. Because what would happen, I, I bet this is going to sound familiar to you, is if you're both working in the house or if you're trying to work from the house and the kids are there, you have to be so flexible because no matter what you plan on getting done, their schedules change. They're going through teething. They're not napping the way they once did. Something happens at school, whatever it is. Like if you're trying to raise a family and build a business from home, you've got to be so crazy flexible. But the more flexibility you want, the more important it is for you to have a schedule. Schedules give you freedom. Without a schedule, no one knows the expectation. And you assume your partner or whoever else it is that's helping you, you assume they know what you need and they don't. And so this resentment builds up and then guilt factors in. And before long, you feel like you're working 24-7 and getting nothing accomplished. So have and communicate with your partner. And if you're both in business together, even better. But even if you're not, communicate with your partner how you're able to be a more present partner and a more involved parent and a better parent by having some structure in place. The next tip is something I think really makes a difference if, in fact, 
your priority is your kids. If your priority is your business, this rule doesn't apply. But if it is giving your kids that experience that business isn't most important, they're most important, you've got to set business hours. So we had a rule that everybody, because a lot of times we would have people at our house working during the day with us, but everybody had to leave by 3 p.m. sharp. I mean, not even 3.03, 3 p.m. sharp because that's what time the kids came home from school. And it was my objective that when my kids came through the door, I could open up my arms and say, oh my gosh, I love you. How was your day? I'm so happy to see you and have them feel comfortable. You're an adult, right? And you feel safe in your own home. But even when you have like a friend or a relative or even the cleaning lady somewhere in your house, right? Like when there's someone else in your house, don't you just feel a little bit different, a little bit more on guard? Well, how do you think your children feel? How do you want them to feel? I wanted mine to feel one word, peace. I wanted them to feel calm. I wanted them to feel safe. I wanted them to feel like it was a little cocoon where, you know, they were loved and protected and they didn't have to think about other people when they came home. And so that was a really important rule for us. We had business hours and we stuck to them. The next policy that Brett and I had was we had a safe word. Because we're in business together and we were both obsessed with it and we love it, we could get very easily wrapped up in discussions about business or people that we worked with or ideas or whatever and get so engrossed in it that we kind of forgot to be parents. So we would have a safe word because there's always like one person who's like in the mood to be creative and go off and then the other person's like, okay, safe word. So Brett would say, he would say, uh, he'd call me Smalls. That was my nickname or his nickname for me. In the situation, I would call him handsome. I would say, that's very interesting, handsome. And he knew by the way I would say it with that tone that what I was trying to say is, honey, let's not talk business in front of the kids. Now, you don't want to correct your spouse in front of your kids because that undermines their confidence in your spouse. Did you hear that? Do you need to repeat that? And so that's why we wouldn't say to each other like, oh, listen, this isn't the right time to talk about business. We would have these code words. And that meant that, like, let's focus on the kids or let's hear what they have to say. Let's make it about them right now, not us. My next suggestion for you, it's not something that's going to work for everyone, but it can really make a big difference, especially if you're easily distracted. And that is to get your work done during your power hour, the time that you are most creative, the time you function at your highest, the hour of the day that you are most creative. And for many people, especially entrepreneurs, focus does not come easily. In fact, if you listen to my last episode of Build Your Tribe, it was all about focus tips from top entrepreneurs from a variety of backgrounds. So if you if you didn't listen to the episode previous to this one, you should. It's good. It's good, good, good. I've got parents on there, people who are, have new babies, people who've got teenagers, single people, you name it. Focus is something you just can't practice that enough. And especially if you're a creative, man, are we easily distracted. So if that's the case and you want to be as productive and as effective as possible, you might even want to consider getting out of your home, even if you work from home, having an office, a shared office space, going to a coffee house or the library 
or creating an office, a specific office where you can close the doors in your own home where you don't hear the kids and you don't hear the distractions and you don't, you're not tempted to break up fights or solve problems. You, you actually get into your work and you do your work. Here's the deal. You want to work as concentrated, as effectively as possible so that you can get back to the business of being a parent, of raising kids who are kind and financially responsible and confident and resourceful and polite and, and all the things that you are responsible for creating in little tiny humans. That's your responsibility. When you had a kid, you signed up for that. And if that's going to happen, you don't want to half-ass it. You want to do it right. So when you're parenting, parent. And when you're working, work. Trying to do both at the same time is sometimes inevitable. Sometimes you just can't help it. But if you can just schedule even a couple of hours, you will save yourself time and money. And you'll be a more present parent when you do return to your family. You know, ironically, a lot of the tips that I've shared in this episode are they're the principles that we, Brett and I, call smart success. And it was a shift, a shift in our business that, ironically, we work far less today than we ever have, and we enjoy our lives. We actually can describe ourselves as being peaceful and calm. And that happened when our kids were in their teens, which can be a pretty crazy time for a lot of people. But we had to learn how to develop habits, a priority clarity statement, how to goal set, how to set personal policies for us. And we developed a program around that. It's really kind of the guiding principles behind everything that we do now in our business. Everything we do fits this mantra. Does it make people's lives easier, happier, healthier, less stressful? And if the answer is yes, then we need to do it. Our program, Smart Success, kicked that off. It's an online program, so it's like learning how to develop these habits and create systems, systems that help you to be more organized, how to outsource things that you're doing inside your home, how to create a schedule that has alarms and feels like a school day, how to, how to create structure that gives you more flexibility, how to design what you want your life to look like, and then you know, not, don't just design it and put it up on the wall like the movie The Secret, like think about it and it will happen. No. You need to know what action steps to take and, and how to reverse engineer this amazing life that you've designed. And so that's what we teach people inside the Smart Success Online Academy. I would love for you to check it out. If you're already a student, I want you to check back in. You have access to it, lifetime access to it. And it is more valuable than your college education. It's more valuable than the time you're going to spend with your mentors or reading books. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if your goal is to live more, work less, to be happier, to be healthier, to accomplish more but without the stress, and you're a student of smart success, dig back in. Even if you just watch the first couple of modules, you'll be like, oh yeah, for refresher course, time for me to revisit my priority statement. Because anytime your life changes, your priority statement should change. Your kids go off to college, your statement should change. You get a divorce, your statement should change. So might be time for you to revisit that. And if you have never looked at Smart Success, I want you to go to smartsuccess.com and just watch the video there so you understand a little bit more about how this online program works. It's self-regulated. You go through it at your own pace. 
at your own time. You can look for the lessons that are most impactful for you. You, you know, you do the homework, you print out the PDFs and you go through the exercises together so that you basically redesign a life that feels much happier, healthier, manageable. Like the word that I use is peace. I didn't know what peace felt like until we developed the system and it makes me so happy that thousands and thousands of people just like you have been able to adopt these habits and develop a crazy, ridiculous, amazing, fun-filled life. Success as you define it, smart success. Anyways, check it out, smartsuccess.com. And thank you for tuning in again to this edition of Build Your Tribe. I just want to say this. I know I normally have a little ending that I leave you with, but today I want to say this. If you've made it to this point, you're a parent. And I just want you to know it is the most important thing you will ever do. I am so proud of you. I know it's hard. I know it's not easy, but it's the most important work you will ever do. You are amazing. I already know that because you made it. You care enough to listen to this whole message. And hopefully you'll care enough to share it with someone else you know who's also a parent. All right. I love you. It's my goal to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. All right. I'm off to watch a documentary with my daughter, Sierra. You want to minimize the number of poor decisions you make when it comes to your health. One thing that almost everyone needs to do is drink more water. It's something that I didn't do for many years, even as a health and fitness professional. I was surviving on a diet soda addiction. It was almost embarrassing. Like I would hide how much diet soda I was drinking, but I thought it was zero calories. And I literally considered that, quote, clean eating because it was zero calories. And I also didn't like drinking water. It was a tough habit to break. And I'm not proud of the fact that I drank that much diet soda for so many years. But I am really proud of the fact that I broke the habit and developed a new one. Today, I can tell you that I, on average, have 75 ounces of water per day. And in order for me to develop a habit, I had to develop a system. Because the definition of a habit is something you don't even have to think about. You just do it naturally. You don't have to use self-will or determination. You don't have to force yourself to do it. You just do it. And because I didn't love water and because I could never remember how much water I was drinking, I developed a system. I call it the 131 hydration system. And you don't have to be part of the 131 movement to enjoy the system that's going to help you drink at a minimum 75 ounces of water a day. There's a story behind it and I want to share it with you. So once you're done with this podcast, can you write this down for me? Or will you remember it? I bet you'll remember it. It's really, really easy. 131H2O. And I am so excited to be hearing from former diet soda addicts just like me who are now cured and doing something healthy for themselves every single day. That's 131H2O.com. Okay. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.